In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, America! I'm here with my co-host Jack. Jack, how are you, mate? Good. It's good to be back. Um, obviously, it's sort of the, the first show we sit down and chat with when the, the week commences. It's sort of weird not having a game on Sunday and sort of coming back into normality, but game week's here. Let's go for it. Yeah, we're past the uh, halfway point, so um, yeah, let me introduce our guest, Mac Robinson. Mac, how are you? I'm good, Paul. I'm good, Jack. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. Um, obviously, you guys know you guys can find my stuff uh, on Audio Boom and everything like that with the with the Hurry Up, the Locked On Browns podcast. Or I'm, Man, you know what? I'm getting so mixed up. I'm getting so mixed up already. I'm sorry. I don't want to take Jeff Lloyd's job. I don't want to take his <laughs> job, obviously. But, um, but I am Mac Robinson, host of the Hurry Up, the Browns Warrior podcast. You guys can find my stuff on there as well. Uh, so, yeah, no, no shot at Jeff Lloyd or anything like that. I don't want to start any start any beef or anything like that between the podcast so well mac you've gone too far mate you've upset our friend jeff lloyd mate you just don't do that yeah hey he'll be happy <laughs> let's you. let's give jeff a shout out go and check out jeff too he does a great job at locked on browns um but no hey we'll have him back some, jeff's, jeff's had some real heavyweight heavyweight guests on recently and uh, i've been enjoying listening to a show every day over the bye week so uh, yeah well done there jeff um, but Mac, do you want to upset anyone else? Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to stop there. I think I'm going to stop okay. there. I don't want to, I don't want to shake up too much over here. So no, Mac is excellent for getting you on. Uh, Jack, I'm not upset some people in this show. So come at me, bro. <laughs> All right, Jack, you've had a drink. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. I haven't even had a drink, but Jarvis Landry's on the show sheet and anyone that's a repeat listener, you know what that means. Oh god! You and bloody Pete Smith going on about Landry. He's going to get a, he's going to get a thousand yards this year, mate. You wait and see. But anyway, let's talk about that later on. You need two thousand catches to do that. Jack, this show's not all about you. Yeah, it is. Just because your name's on the pod, mate. <laughs> the Jack Duffin podcast, Mac. I'm more interested in you, mate. Tell us um, why are you a Browns fan. I mean, for me, it, it was always kind of one of those things where. Um, despite the fact that I'll give people a little bit of background information on me. So my whole family's actually oddly enough from Detroit. So I have most of my family living up in Michigan and yet I'm the only fan of Cleveland sports in my family, really. So I basically, I chose to go down this road as uh, unlikely as it seems with the history of this team. Um, but I ended up choosing to be a Browns fan. And I was actually talking with a buddy of mine yesterday talking about this, but um, I was talking about how the first real game that I really got into uh, was the Browns Bengals game, oddly enough, back in 2007, where it was a shootout back and forth, where I think the Browns put up 52 on uh, the Bengals in week two of 2007. And that was obviously their last uh, winning season. 
So um, for, for that whole year, that was phenomenal, and it was a great run, but they really got me into it. And ever since then, I've just been a diehard Browns fan. Excellent. Good on you, mate. And uh, I've got to ask this question. Are you a Ohio or a uh, Michigan fan? Oh, Ohio State. Ohio State for sure. Okay. And how does that go down with your family? Um, well, it's always make, it always makes the holidays fun. Uh, it makes it more interesting. I'll say that for sure. Um, but I mean, especially on my end, seeing as Michigan, it, it's been a while since uh, they, they've beaten Ohio State. So it makes my Thanksgiving's a little bit more happy. Um, but for them, I, I, I know they might, they might have a little bit of fun with me this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, realistically, who do you think is going to win on uh, Saturday? Um, as much as I want Ohio State to win, I mean, with the way that they've kind of shown out this year, I, I think Michigan's going to end up taking this one for, for the first time in a long time. I think that they're going to actually take one against Ohio State this year. All right, good. Well, look, we're not a college uh, football show. We're an NFL show talking about the Browns. So my first question to you, Mac, is which player in the Browns organization would you most want to go for a drink with? Oh, you know what? Here's the, here's the thing. I, I, when it comes down to it, – it comes down to what kind of situation do you want to go to. If you want to talk about a partier, I feel like Baker would be the kind of guy where it's just like he's that guy you can go to any bar with or whatever, and you're going to have a great time. It's going to be a huge party no matter where you go. But if you want to keep it lower key, I feel like Miles Garrett would be really interesting to just like, you know, grab a few beers with, kind of uh, just, you know, talk back and forth, have a whole conversation, everything like that, and just kind of be a little bit lower key. I feel like Miles would be really fun too. I – what I've seen of Baker is that he's, he keeps himself to himself quite a lot. And I think then when he's at a party, I think he just explodes. Um, with, with Miles, it's a tough one. I don't know if he, I don't know if he can be the uh, heart and the soul of the party. Jack, any views on that? I, I, I think Mac's right with the aspect of if I'm going out and getting absolutely hammered, um, I'd want to go out with a Baker. If I wanted a quiet sit down in a pub and a chat about stuff from like Jurassic Park to anything I think I'd quite sit down in a pub yeah Baker's probably uh, uh sorry Miles is probably more the man to do that so uh no and, and then there's a few others uh Peppers looks like he'd be a lot of fun yeah Peppers definitely I would like to go for a drive with uh, Miles because I think his selection of music and his intellectual will be interesting on a drive slow jazz yeah, it'd be good. It'd be really and, interesting. Um, sorry, Matt, go on. No, I was going to say, that'd be really interesting too with Miles. And um, and I completely forgot about using Peppers too. Peppers would be a good one. I, and you know what? Underrated, I'll say this too, Randall. Randall would be a guy who would have a great time too, I feel. Oh, mate, me and Randall would make some trash videos about Hugh. Call him out. It'll all be over Twitter. <laughs> now, Randall... I think he'd be the type of person that would undo the window, drive through Steelers, and shout abuse at everyone. So, yeah, I think Randall's my kind of uh, uh, passenger in a car. <laughs> All right, excellent. Uh, Mac, question for you. If you were Dorsey for the day, today, um, something positive, what would you do? You know what? I feel like if I'm, if I'm Dorsey... For, for a day. For, for one, I'll, I'll make sure, obviously, I'm going through the coaching search, so I want to make sure I'm kind of going through all of that. But 
something positive that I, that I would do, you know, I, I would kind of, I would pull, uh, pull some of those players aside that have been, that might not necessarily be getting the kind of name recognition, but just making sure that they're kind of going through and making sure that, Hey, I just want to let you know, you're doing a really good job. Keep up the good work. Kind of that kind of thing where going through one by one, uh, making sure that, yeah, you know what, you're doing a good job. Keep up, keep it up. And kind of going through some of the guys who are kind of the unsung heroes, I feel, of some of the roster, I feel. And any names, Mac, there that you, you're thinking unsung heroes? I mean, unsung heroes, it, well, he's been getting more name recognition lately, but I know you, I know you wanted to bring up Jarvis Landry earlier, but I, I would say Richard Higgins has been one of those guys. He, and he started to come on here recently, but he's been a guy where obviously taken in the fifth round. He was cut by the Browns before and to have him come back and kind of take on this kind of a role, he's been a guy who's really started to blossom, I feel, for this team as well. Um, and I, on the defensive side, too, um, I'll also say that, you know what, Terrence Mitchell and T.J. Carey, I feel, have been guys that have really stepped up, especially in the last win, T.J. Carey going up against Julio. He, was, uh, he did a phenomenal job. So kind of making sure that those guys – know how valued they are yeah really good point there actually we had a um a discussion on the show on the weekend about higgins and uh you know what type of money he would go for i think a lot of people came back around the uh seven eight million a year jack that's about right isn't it i think you're probably getting for less than that and uh draft pick wise what do you think he's worth now uh mac as a draft pick do you think we'd get a, a third or a fourth for him now I think that – I don't know because here's the, diff, here's the thing. When it comes to younger players and even veterans as well, you take a look at how some of these players have been traded in the past couple of years. Uh, I know, Jack, you and I were having a whole discussion about Jalen Ramsey over the weekend, but um, it, the whole Marcus Peters getting moved to the Rams last offseason, that was only for a couple of draft picks. So you, you ended up seeing a second-round pick for Marcus Peters, who at the time was one of the – higher graded uh, players going uh, in the – or higher, higher graded cornerbacks, I should say, for his position. So I don't know if necessarily wide receivers would be getting the same kind of value. I think that he would probably be a – maybe a fourth or fifth. Um, and I would probably lean more towards the fifth round, I would say, uh, because even Jarvis got moved for a fourth round pick last year. Um, so that's the only thing that I would say is that – it, it would be interesting to see how much he would get moved for, but I don't necessarily know if in that position he would get moved for all that much. Jack, do you think that's fair? Um, Higgins would be worth more or less than uh, Landry? Uh, yeah, I, I think at the minute, because there's not that sort of serious tape on him, he's probably going to be a slot receiver, um, I think fifth and sixth round. Um, but something just to come back on um, the, for anyone that listened to our free agency shows, um, I hadn't gone through and sort of looked at restricted free agents and everything. So um, a Higgins or anyone else in the NFL, if they play three or less three or less seasons, um, someone will help me out maybe with the uh, accrued. Accrued, that's the one. Um, seasons, then we can put them on a tender. So you've got the original round tender, um, a second round or a first round. Um, they get a small amount, two to four million. Um, and then if someone else bids for them, they've got to give up that pick that they were. So an original round tender, they'd have to give us a fifth. 
a second for that or a first for a first round tender um, and it's tiered so it's more money um, but then if they bid on that then we can match that and pay it so I think we'll original round tender him someone might put in an offer but I don't think they will I think they'll just accept that we're gonna take it so uh no, we'll see. We might see if anyone fancies having him for a fifth round pick this off season. And um, the two cornerbacks, EJ Gaines and uh, uh, TJ Carey, do you think that we're going to get them uh, signed up soon on contracts, Mac? Um, I, I think that when it comes to EJ Gaines, he was trying to build up his value uh, this year because he didn't necessarily get the multi-year deal that he wanted. The only thing is that when it comes down to EJ Gaines' injury history, obviously we saw that him going down again this year um, for concussions this year. Uh, he had a leg injury last year, I believe. Um, but for for Gaines, it's all about trying to kind of shake that um, shake that kind of injury history. But for him, I could see him trying to do a prove-it deal next year. Carey is a different kind of situation because – the way his contract was structured, it was the fact that he had very little money in the first year. And obviously everybody was talking about, oh, $31 million for TJ Carey. But most of that money was coming at the later parts of the contract. So basically it was the way that Dorsey structured all of those contracts as just a one-year deal pretty much. And then we'll go from there. So it's going to be an interesting number to see if he's going to stick around for the number that they have him at, which I believe is around seven to eight million dollars next year. So it'll be interesting to see if they keep him at that number. Sorry, and the other one was sorry, Terence Mitchell. He's on a one year, isn't he, Jack? Or am I wrong? Three year deal for Terence Mitchell. So he's hanging around. He's hanging around. Sorry. Um, but no, with Carry, I think um, there's the chance that. Uh, if they think they can find someone better or they get someone in the draft, they might move on with him. He will stay there through camp and everything because next year it's 8.9 and then it's 8.15, then it's 8.65. But if we cut him this off-season, it's 4.7. So I think there's a good chance he might have one more year just to see if he can make it as that slot cornerback. He can't really play on the boundaries. He, he did have that one really good game against Julio Jones, limited him to, it was 100 yards, but it wasn't the most important 100 yards. Um, so I, th- I think unfortunately he's going to be here next year on 8.9 million which is more than I'd pay but let's see um, and Mac I've got to move swiftly on otherwise we're never going to get to the uh, core of the show what body part are you willing to give up for the Browns to win the Super Bowl you know what I mean I think it'd be one of those interesting stories if I gave up like one of like one of the like one of my lower legs. I feel like if I'm walking around with like a peg leg, then I think that it's just one of those stories that somebody's gonna be like, "How'd you swing that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, the Browns won the Super Bowl, man." Like, <laughs> I gave up. Yeah, and you know what? I actually would end up trying to see if I can make the peg leg into a Super Bowl into a Lombardi Trophy. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then it's just like, yeah, I'm walking around with the Brown Championship on me. Mate, that would be amazing. Every party you go to, you get free drink. And you'd absolutely like an absolute legend. The only problem would be maybe driving. Yeah. You, well, no, in that case, well, it might be different for you guys since you guys drive on the right side. For me, I give up, my, I give up the left lower leg then because then I, don't, I just have my right foot to go ahead and drive with then. Actually, that's a really good point. We've got clutches in our country, so we don't have automatic cars. We have manual cars. So I reckon you'd be right with one leg. Yeah. And you, yeah. you can I, get... Um... 
pedals on the uh, steering wheel instead, like sort of Formula One drives and stuff. So, uh, yeah, the technology there, you, you can work all through it. All right, great. Well, look, Mac, I love your dedication. Thank you very much. And I think your family in Detroit will be really happy to see you with one leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, hey, oh, I'll have more Super Bowl trophies than they would then. <laughs> uh, you, don't, you don't want to talk about matching the uh, 0-16 season with them though um, oh yeah but yeah so the main content of the show today is we're going to be looking back it's the bye week we're looking back at the season okay so I think let's look at some of the season moves I think if we look we've got Hyde moving and Jack, Jack how's Hyde actually been getting on uh, with the Jags <laughs> nine rushes for I think it's an average of 1.2 yards he's uh he's been horrendous uh they've got no real plan to use him um he, he was the two yard specialist in Cleveland he's been nothing out there um that doesn't include this week I don't know what he did but uh it wouldn't have been very much uh thank god he's gone Mac your views on uh losing Hyde I was a fan of it when they moved him because I was, uh, I was like we mentioned our friend earlier, Jeff Lloyd. I was in the same kind of camp as him, where he was kind of leading the train of, look, we need to get Nick Chubb more more carries. We need to get Duke Johnson more touches, which we obviously have been talking about that for the past couple of years anyway. But when it came down to giving Carlos Hyde the ball so much, I mean, I kind of understood it from the sense that, oh, he's a grinder, he's a grinder. But when you've got more explosive options, I thought you have to go with the Nick Chubb. And obviously, you saw last week why you do that, but. When it came down to it, I thought that it was John Dorsey taking the decision out of Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley's hands and saying, you are going to play with the players that I gave you, and you are not going to go ahead and try to push them off to the side. I gave Duke Johnson an extension. I gave – I drafted Nick Chubb in round two. And yeah. we talked about uh, contracts for TJ Carey being a pretty much a one-year deal at first, but – with Carlos Hyde, all, most of his guaranteed money was in that first year. And so it was essentially a one-year deal, and they're just utilizing a one-year guy instead of utilizing the rookie. So I thought that it, I loved the move when they did it. I loved the move when they did it, and I was, I was glad they were able to get anything for Carlos Hyde out of anybody. Yeah, I think f- for me, I, I, even though I hate free agent um, signing running backs, I thought it was a good move to get him initially because it meant there was no pressure to go early and get a running back. So at the start of the second round, you could have got one of them important players. There was four, really, for me, that were available on the board. You had Harold Landry, Josh Jackson, um, Mike Gusecki, or Cortland Sutton. You had four players to choose from. So the fact that we had Hyde on the roster meant you could have waited to round four, and then my boy Ito Smith was sat there ready to be picked and unfortunately, we didn't use the, that sort of insurance that Hyde gave you. So Chubb's a phenomenal running back. Um, personally, same level as Barkley, if he doesn't have that injury. Um, but, yeah, I would rather have had someone else. But no, it's, thank God uh, Chubb's now out there. Hyde should have been used the same way sort of a lad Garrett Blunt was ideally used in um, New England, other than his one year where... He just went off um, as that short yardage back. If you need two yards, there's not many players better in the business than you bring out as your sort of smash short yardage to get over the line. If you're one yard and uh, first and goal from the one yard line, I want Carlos Hyde style player out there. 
And um, unfortunately, it was out there on first and 10 far too many times. He should never even be out there. But the one thing I will say about Hyde is against the Jets, mate, he had an awesome game. Yeah, but there's players that have had awesome games. Mac Barkley had an awesome game against the Jets. Um, and he was on the golf course the week before that. And he went and quarterbacked against the Jets. So you can't just look at the one game and pull out a sample size. Derek Carr had an amazing season. It was on for MVP honours. And then he now looks sort of bottom 20 um, in the league as a quarterback. So it's got, and making sure the sample size is big enough. All right, great. And another person... Uh, our friend of the show, Zane, he's left. Um, signed on the practice squad with the uh, Cardinals. Have you seen that? I have. Your boy, have you texted him? I've texted him. He's cool. He's happy. But, mate, I've got another twist for it. Zane was the saviour to get rid of Hugh Jackson. Zane took it in his own hands to miss them field goals when we needed them. Is that an exclusive? It's an exclusive. That doesn't come from Zane. That is my <laughs> Matt, how hey, do you man. feel about that? Hey, look, I'm, Zane died for, for all of our sins here, for all of Hugh's sins. I mean, that's, that's the way that I'm looking at it. Um, I mean, I thought that Zane, I, I felt bad when all of that went down because, look, obviously some people forget because kickers are supposed to be this automatic – you get them every single time. If you miss, then you're just completely like you're, you're, as some people will say, you're garbage, but I completely disagree at, at certain points. Um, but for him, it was just one of those bad luck stretches. And I felt like, I mean, I felt like he got scapegoated a bit, but at the same time, when you miss enough kickers and enough kickers, enough kicks in that kind of a game, um, then. Look, he, he, something's got to give, man. But I felt bad for Zane, and I'm glad that he's signed on with another former Browns kicker now and Phil Dawson in, in Arizona as well. So it, it's good to see the, the Browns kicking meeting uh, going on in, in uh, Arizona. Yeah, he's only on the practice squad, though, but it's uh, a step in the right direction. That's good for us. Yeah. It means that when we need a kicker, we can go and steal him straight away. Mate, that's not going to happen, is it? Hey, Greg Joseph puts on another Man United shirt. I'll cut him tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry about uh, Jack's uh, foul mouth uh, there, Mac. Well, and, uh, hey, I said cut him, as in cut oh. him from the roster, not as in like stab him with a knife. That's what I thought you meant. <laughs> I thought that was your East London talk coming in there. Um, any other in-season uh, moves we're going to discuss? Um. Oh, the other one that I would say too is. Brashad Perriman, oh my gosh, signing him off the street. I, 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 I'm not going to lie, when they signed him, I thought, look, if, if you were going to bring in a guy with speed who has, in his career, had drop issues, you might as well bring back Corey Coleman. But at the same time, I, I thought that he has done phenomenally. And maybe it's just a change of scenery, but I, I want to see down the stretch – what Brashad Perriman has to offer for this team because if he can give you anything that gave him the reason why he was taken in the first round, I'm absolutely taking that. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I, I think he's really impressed. And those players are the sort of players that are New England and other people, they take them punt on. And sometimes they'll work out and sometimes they don't. And for me, 
if the next head coach comes in and he's got a relationship with uh, Corey Coleman, I've got no issue with uh, bringing him back um, and giving them uh, style of players chances because if you can get one of them to click, then you're in incredible territory. Where is Coleman at the moment? Jets. I think he's their fifth or sixth receiver. Not, Not Giants. Jets, Giants. Giants. All right, great. Um, Jack, a question for you, mate. Why was Landry more productive with Tyra Taylor as a, a uh, quarterback and Todd calling plays? I think it's a case of... Um, so let's just go through the numbers here quickly. Um, so this week I looked at the 22 wide receivers in the NFL that are paid $10 million a year or more as an average salary. Um, and... Jarvis Landry is the seventh highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Um, and then I looked at yards per catch, yards per game, and TDs. So in terms of yards per catch, um, Jarvis is 19th with 10.5 yards, um, 60 yards on average per game, which is 15th, and two TDs so far, which is 20th on that list. Um, so it, it's grim reading. Then if you look at um, yards per target, he's down there with the lowest in the league. Uh, Alongside players like Benjamin and Curse, um, there's loads of grim stuff. But there were some interesting tweets from Kevin Cole, so at Cole underscore Kev, who basically looked at over the last three years as his distance he's travelled and the air yards per pass have gone up. This myth that he's a really good catcher of the ball has started falling apart because where he was running sort of five yards and making catches he was having a field day because they're easier passes to catch. When he was being asked this year to run 10 yards before he catches the ball, his catch rate is 54.3%. Um, and you've got sort of them, there's Landry and Callaway, the two wide receivers that have really struggled. But if you look at the other end, Higgins, Johnson, Ratley and Chubb, they're all over 50% success rate um, and all over 60% catch rate. So, there's success in there. Um, but for me, Tyrod just threw everything at Landry, um, whereas Baker will throw to the open receiver, which is something Landry's going to struggle with because physically getting open when you're slow and unathletic isn't easy. Um, he, he's a slot receiver. Um, so if you've got two much better wide receivers on your team, he's a fantastic addition to have. But you should be paying him three and a half to five million. You shouldn't be paying him. 15.1 million a year. It's disgusting. Jack, this is not a cap show. Mac, what's your view? See, here's my thing with, with Landry. And actually, to an extent, I agree with what Jack was saying, where um, I think that Tyra was kind of forcing it, forcing it to Jarvis, um, where I think that if you kind of take a look at uh, the way that the ball is distributed and the way that, they, that he's been utilized this year, like what Jack was saying, um, he's been one of those guys who he struggles getting open. Uh, but in addition to that, they also have been using him a little bit more downfield. And so because of that, he has to kind of go one-on-one -on -one against some of the cornerbacks that have been going along with them. Um, but the other thing that I'll also say too, is that he also has had to adjust because at first, like, like you said, uh, the fact that Tyrod Taylor was a starting quarterback at first, he was the one who was dealing with him at first. Baker, meanwhile, has more of a rapport with a Damian Ratley, with uh, Rashard Higgins. And I saw that at training camp and in the before the season started, 
where Baker and, and Higgins really seem to have a good rapport going. And so getting being able to work with Baker, because Baker throws a different ball than Tyrod. If you look back, Tyrod, he, he threw the ball hard, but the thing is that Baker slings that ball in there, and, it, and he fires it into those holes. So it's also kind of an adjustment for a receiver to kind of get used to the change in speed. And I understand that we're obviously – uh, I think we're, what, now um, seven games deep into the Baker experiment. And so now it's like, okay, I understand that you're trying to adjust now to the quarterbacks, but at the same time, you really need to uh, be able to kind of go along with this. And I, I think that for Jarvis, this this is kind of one of those years where it's kind of adjusting with a new offense, new quarterback, midseason. Um, and... I think that for Jarvis, this is one of those years that it's like, okay, I'm going to put it behind me. I'm going to work my tail off in the offseason because that's what Jarvis does. Um, so for me, I think that it's one of those things that let's go ahead, chalk this one up to a lost season for Jarvis, and then come back the next year. But I do like what you, what you said about the fact that he's not a number one. I do agree with that. I think that Jarvis can – Jarvis is almost like the Kevin Love of the Cleveland Browns when it comes to wide receivers, where he's not a guy who should be your number one, but he can be a really good supporting guy, I think, for an offense. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd agree with that. It's, it's getting, the, getting the right out of him. And obviously players don't ask to be paid that much. It's down to the GM and the team decision. Um, so, yeah, it's, he's doing what he's doing. And – uh we knew what he was coming in and we decided to pay him. So that's on Dorsey and the Browns. Yeah, my point was he's on 600 yards at the moment. We've got six games left. He could hit 1,000 yards, Jack. Unfortunately, the last couple of games, his uh, yards have actually been going down um, as Kitchens has come in. So even though the offense has become better um, in that time, his role in it's going the other direction. So, yeah, I, I would say... No, he's not going to make a thousand. All right, guys, we're coming. Uh, the time, the time limit's coming up on the show. I'm going to ask everyone a quick fire question. Starting with you, Mac. What's the best thing that's happened so far this season? Best thing that's happened. This is an easy one. Hugh Jackson getting fired. Uh, for me, I, I've been calling for it for over a year now, and I'm just glad that we finally have moved past the Hugh Jackson era. Okay, great, Jack. Your best thing. I'm going to go with the turnovers on defense. Um, obviously, it's not a stat that's the same each year, but the fact that we've been able to create turnovers has been incredible. And it's an insane rate. I think identifying our franchise quarterbacks is my number one. Uh, Mac, worst thing this season? Worst thing? I'll go to coaching once again. Uh, I'll say the special teams unit because this, this team on special teams, the returning game ha- has needed some work. Um, and you've seen it all, all season long. Uh, Football Outsiders had the Browns at one of the worst uh, special teams units in uh, history, um, according to their stats. So, I mean, I, I'm, I think that the special teams needs an overhaul, and I was surprised that Amos Jones, the special teams coordinator, was not among the, the firings with Hugh Jackson as well. Jack? I'm going to go the opposite to what uh... – Max said in his first one, I'm going to say keeping Hugh Jackson was the worst thing this season. Um, or just getting rid of him after uh, a few weeks in, you could have cut then. I think the worst thing for myself is not the ability to finish off and win them games. Them four or five games we should have won. We'd be in a totally different position now. And um, Mac, 
we always ask everyone this question. What's your crazy hot take uh, for the season ahead? Uh, my crazy hot take is that the Browns win uh, the next three games here and end up getting into a position where they could make the playoffs. I'm not saying that they will, but then you end up having a full month, a full calendar month without a Browns loss, which Whoa. is something that we haven't been able to say in a long time. So, uh, yeah, so I will go ahead and put that down uh, as my crazy hot take. Browns don't lose games in January, though. <laughs> That's true. That's also true. Jack, that was quite funny from you, actually, mate. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> All right, good. Well, look, Mac, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Sorry that we've run out of time. Hey, man, that's okay. Thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate you guys. Right, um, thanks for coming on. Make sure you go check out Mac's podcast. He had my favorite, Mark Schofield, on recently. So uh, go back and listen to that show. It was a good one. And Mac, just find him. Where can we find your details? Uh, you guys can go ahead and find my work on um, on browntwitter.com. You also can find me on Twitter at MacRobinsonCLE. Uh, I'm most frequently on there, so that's the best way to reach me. Thanks Mac. a lot, Mac. And just remember, happy Thanksgiving. Change is coming. There's change coming. There's change.